Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with your regularly scheduled programming with episode 136 of the Chick Foley Show. We took a slight break last week for uh, some travel issues and just dropped a, a special edition episode for you, but we're back talking all things pro wrestling and wrestling figures this week on the show. Let me start by introducing the stars of the Chick Foley Show. Sheena, how you doing? I'm good. I'm worn down a little bit, man. This uh, two weeks here visiting family with the littles and bouncing from house to house and all that kind of stuff, it's taken its toll on me. So uh, yeah, I- I'm I'm very grateful for the time we've gotten to spend with our family, but I will not be upset about being back in my own, you know, my own house. Yeah, it is. It's always busy when we come to Kentucky. Uh, your family can be pretty demanding on your time. It's a good problem to have. But yeah, I- I'm looking forward to a little bit of rest and relaxation this coming up weekend back in Virginia. Marco, how's life up in Massachusetts? Yeah, it's great. It's uh, I'm actually opposite of Sheena. I'm actually pumped this week to uh, <laughs> yeah, talk about some uh, all the craziness that's happened uh, in the past two weeks in the wrestling world. It's uh, it's been a lot of changes, a lot of uh, changes in the uh, landscape. We'll say so. For can't sure. wait to talk about For it. Sure. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. You can find Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. Most importantly, you can join our Foley fam over at ChickFoleyShow.com. We do have a new MIG Carter I wanted to run by you guys. His name is Michael Matande at Man of Steel 499 is now a member of our Foley fam. So welcome to the family, Michael. We're stoked to have you. And uh, yeah, so like I say, guys, you can join our Foley fam, ChickFoleyShow.com. We buy, sell, trade figures. You can get access to all of our bonus content. We did release our Serial Wars episode for everyone last week. So that kind of gives you an idea of what kind of bonus content we put out. We do have our Royal Rumble series and we do our 2K Rumbles in the group. So it's a lot of fun. Great group of people. Um, So yeah, check out ChickFoleyShow.com and join our Foley fam. Yeah, we got new episodes of Unboxing Mania dropping every single week. We had a special uh, Funko Pop episode that dropped today. And also, you guys know WWE recently had their Top 50 Greatest Tag Team series um, on Peacock. That didn't quite set well with us, the way their list shook out. So we're going to do our own. So we got a Greatest Tag Team's Patreon-exclusive episode um, coming up. And it's the Foley fam that's actually voting on those. And then we're going to kind of hash out the order and discuss. And we're going to go deep. We're going to talk figures, how they broke up, what their finishing moves were, all the stats on their championship reigns. And we're going worldwide across all promotions and in all eras in the history of professional wrestling. So it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, make sure you guys follow the Pod Foundation on Instagram to stay up on all the latest content from the Pod Foundation shows, which is ourselves, Pyramid Wrestling, Turnbuckle Tavern, and Extra Cooler, who uh, their crew is actually going to be coming on the show next week to help review Money in the Bank. Um, mm-hmm. Sheena and Marco did their show last week, looking back at Money in the Bank 2014, and they're going to return the favor by showing up on our turf next week. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners how they can save 10% at Ringside Collectibles. Use code CHICKFOLEY at Ringside on all your purchases and you will save 10%. Yeah, and this is going to be a little bit of a different episode this week. Um, Sheena, 
you want to tell the listeners why you're going to be tagging, making the hot tag to uh, another, uh, you know, Foley fam affiliate. Yeah. yeah, we have the fig god Jordan Wells is going to be joining us for tonight's episode. Like we mentioned before, we are in, um, you know, the Hillbilly Gem Studio here in Kentucky. We're recording out of my my parents' house right now. Um, we are leaving tomorrow, so I have to make all the final preps for our our departure tomorrow. Make sure that we have, you know, all the things. I have to make sure I've packed all of our dogs stuff, all of our kids stuff, all of our stuff, um, and make sure that we get back with everything that we, that we came with. So that is no easy task. So I'm going to be tagging out, tagging in the fig God, Jordan Wells. So you guys are going to get a special treat and get to hear from him tonight. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be back, uh, you know, to sharpshooter studio next week. And I will be stoked to talk all things wrestling with you guys. And because Sheena is bowing out gracefully, um, but before we get into it, she is forfeiting her opportunity to take back the Chick Foley Show Prediction Championship for Marco. So Marco, well done! You've, wah, you know, wah, you beat her before wah. the opening bell even rang, man. So the belt I mean, stayed. With I would have won anyway, so it doesn't, you know, didn't really. Whatever. I'm, you know what? I'm still gonna. I'm still so. going to make my predictions public so that you guys, so you guys will know who the true champion really is when this thing all shakes out. Um, <laughs> well, we still got the Foley Picks League in the Facebook group, which true, you know, yeah. last time I checked, I'm at the top of the standings and. I had another perfect run on Fighter Fest tonight. Uh, so for all the 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 other fifteen members, um, you know, don't yeah. don't hurt your necks looking up Freaking at me in the standings. Ricky Stark Maybe. screwed me tonight, man. I'm so pissed off about that. I would have had I would have had a perfect card otherwise. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty bummed about that. All right, Marco, you ready to uh tag Jordan in and head inside the squared circle? Let's do it. All right, so Sheena has officially made the hot tag and here with us tonight. It's guys night. We got Jordan, the fig god Wells. Jordan, how is life out in Omaha? Things are good, man. Summer's starting to wind down and uh, just getting getting killed out here with these storms. So everything's good, though. <laughs> yeah, I got to give a big salute to Jordan. In addition to being just the figure hunter extraordinaire, um, it was actually a game time decision that we were really kind of just cutting it close on our departure time out of Kentucky and all the stuff we still had to do to get the kids situated and get everything buttoned up and ready to head back. And I literally uh, dropped Jordan a text message about 15 minutes uh, ago saying, Hey dude, you want to do a podcast tonight? And, and he stepped up, man. So thanks from uh, me, Sheena and Marco. You guys ready to get into the weekend wrestling? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So we'll start off on a, uh, a bit of a somber note. Um, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff has passed away. He's made the trip to the big squared circle in the sky. Uh, Marco, you just want to share some of your uh, just general thoughts and memories on, uh, on Paul Orndorff? Man, that's a, it's a huge loss for, uh, for the wrestling world. Definitely. Um, obviously if you're an old school wrestling fan, he was at the beginning stages of, uh, of WrestleMania, um, kind of like capped it off, but actually pretty much topped it off. Um, yeah, and started that whole revolution. One. Yeah. And started the revolution of what would be, you know, sports entertainment, essentially. So yeah, he's definitely one of the cornerstones of uh, of wrestling, and uh, definitely, definitely be missed. Yeah, I think he uh, he doesn't really get his due because he wasn't super colorful. He really kind of came up in the era right before uh, rock and wrestling when it really blew up in the mid '80s. You know, like I said, he, yeah. he peaked right there around WrestleMania one, main event in, it, in that tag match against Hogan. And Mr. T, but he really laid the groundwork for the stereotypical, uh, just kind of shithead heel from the 80s. You yeah. know, it wasn't, they never yeah. real strong gimmick. He was just kind of this dude that 
looked like he was cut out of granite and would just always, always double cross his friends. You know, he had a couple face turns there, but they never stuck. He always ended up turning his back on, on the good guys and, you know, joining up with the Heenan family and, uh, and just being a pain in the ass for Hulk Hogan. They had that classic match on Saturday night's main event where they ended up having a tie on the, in the steel cage match. Um, yeah, yeah I, uh, I'm just, Big fan of big fan of Paul Wendorf. We just watched me and Sheena watched Survivor Series '87 uh, today, the first Survivor Series, and he's right there in the main event. Is that in that as well? Actually, teaming up with uh, with Hulk Hogan. Um, it wouldn't be the Chick Foley show if we didn't discuss his figures. Um, Jordan, what's your favorite Paul Orndorff figure? You know, um, I actually really, really like the Legends figure that was just released to him. Um, I think it's really good to his likeness and stuff. Um, the um, scale of it is really good as far as like his height and everything. So I- I'd probably have to go with that one. I-, I really did enjoy that figure. Yeah, it's a good one. I actually passed on that one. I'm regretting it now because if I decide to add it to my collection, I'm sure it's going to be a little bit more pricey and I haven't seen them on the shelves in the past few weeks. I had the original Legends Paul Orndorff in the blue robe and I kept that one just because I like blue a little bit more than red. But his LJN figure was really, really good. Also, I remember as a kid, um, I wasn't the hugest fan of Paul Orndorff back in the day, but that LJN always stuck out to me because they really captured just the level of ripness that he had. You know, I think that, that may yeah. have been the buffest uh, <laughs> LJN figure there was. Do you remember that one, Marco? Oh, yeah. Def- I was actually going to pick that as my uh, my favorite uh, Mr. Wonderful figure. But um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll definitely go with the last Legends Legends one, too. That that one's actually the likeness is great. And, yeah, actually, that'll be our just to give a little sneak peek. That'll be actually be our cover art this week is um a uh photo from the from uh figure kingdom uh the one that he did for um mr wonderful um oh, was yeah. also pictured beautiful with picture bobby with, heenan, uh, so. with the hall of fame bobby heenan figure yeah so yeah that's a really awesome picture and uh it gives you like like i said it gives you like a good likeness of what that figure looked like and just like jordan said it, the detail on it um is pretty amazing yeah the uh Going back to kind of reflecting on his career, I know he had his biggest glories back in the early, early mid 80s um, feuding with Hogan. But when I think Paul Orndorff, I remember like mid 90s Saturday night main event WCW Paul Orndorff. I remember he had a run there with the TV title for a while. Um, He was teaming with uh, with Paul Roma for a little bit. It's pretty wonderful. And that's the wrestling that I watched a lot during that time frame. This was. Um, kind of when Raw was still in a weird phase where it was like it wasn't anything close to what it became during the Attitude Era. Um, Saturday night's main event a lot of times would be my most anticipated wrestling of the week. I would be anytime I was in Kentucky for the summer, I'd be at my great grandparents' house and me and my great grandpa would sit down and watch it. And Paul Orndorff uh, was one of the one of the names that really stuck out to me from that time period. So a lot yeah. of more memories. We wish the best to him and his family. And uh, Peacock has a really cool section on the WWE network for basically remembering uh, Paul Orndorff. They grabbed about a dozen of his biggest moments in his career and, and put them all together for you. So if you're not familiar or if you just want to take a trip down memory lane, um, definitely check that out. All right. So much different uh, tone, but another goodbye that we have to offer up as of Monday night, the Thunderdome is gone. Uh, Jordan, give me kind of just your overall thoughts on, the Thunderdome, like, you know, what, what you thought of it while it was there and just reflect on the WWE's move to the Thunderdome for the greater part of the last year. Yeah. Um, obviously it was a necessity for this last year. Um, 
with everything that happened with the pandemic and everything. Um, it, it was a good move with the video screens and everything because it, it made you feel like there was still fans there, even though we knew there wasn't. Um, yeah, it brought some life to things for sure. Yeah. yeah, because, I mean, when they were just doing empty arena shows, it was like, well, I mean, just like NXT doing em- empty arena shows, there, there's no life to the show at all. Like, you can tell the wrestlers were barely into it. I mean, it, it was just, it was a much needed, it was much needed uh, bolt of life during the pandemic. So I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I'm glad it's gone, but I mean, I definitely enjoyed it while I was here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It uh, It's hard to put into words just how much of an improvement it was for what we had. Those performance center shows were just, I felt like I couldn't get past the (laughs) thought that, yeah, it was odd. Like, and then when they had the NXT trainees like in there, but they were all standing up behind the glass. I don't know. It was just, it was weird, man. Luckily I was out of the country for most of the early months of the pandemic. I think the Thunderdome debuted like three weeks after I got back. So when I watched, you know, I think extreme rules was the one pay-per-view I saw in, in the PC and, yeah, it was just weird, man. It's just I don't know. It was just it, it's really hard to stay in the moment when you're watching it without the crowd there. You really need that crowd uh, to help yeah. to help it out. Um, Marco, I'm gonna put you on the spot, man. What was the best moment of the Thunderdome oh, era? How could you do this to me? Um, there's I should say like best moments. There's a lot of a lot of things that happened um, in the Thunderdome. I want you to pick one. I'll probably say the. I mean, the one that comes to mind right away is definitely the, re- the return of Roman Reigns of Wreck and Roman. <laughs> yeah. Um, at yeah. SummerSlam um, last year, that's probably like the most notable one that pops into my mind, anyway. Um, just like because that that wasn't that wasn't like one of the things where you know it was rumblings on in the internet, like you hear like oh Roman might return, and that was not even a a thought that happened because everything that happened you know earlier in the year with him just saying like pretty much f you to WWE. And, uh, you know, not doing a no-show at uh, WrestleMania. So you didn't know, like, what what was going on with, with uh, Roman Reigns at the time. So just him showing up, um, you know, and taking what was rightfully his was probably, say, like, the like the best moment of the Thunderdome era. I think that kind of, like, set forth um, what is now known as a Thunderdome era anyway. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, what actually, really, I wanna, uh, Go ahead. Yeah, I don't want to give um, I don't wanna give him all the credit. Definitely want to go with... Uh, because it was always a back and forth with Bailey too. I mean, Bailey was probably the best moment of the whole, um, th- like the whole pandemic era. I'm gonna say she like she did her and I'm gonna say Sasha Banks, but Bailey mostly carried that whole that whole uh, era on her back. Especially the kind of pre Thunderdome era. I know they were. Yeah. I was still keeping up with everything online that was happening, and then like I said, I was back for a few weeks. I think they were one of the few um, acts, the Bailey and Sasha Banks, that really continued to. To be entertaining, even when, yeah. you know, the rest of the show was kind of just going to shit uh, and just couldn't keep up. Um, Jordan, you got any favorite moments at the Thunderdome era? Uh, I, I was glad Marco said Bailey because I honestly, I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I seriously think Bailey was the MVP of the Thunderdome. Like, yeah. Hell yeah. She, she was absolutely unreal during the Thunderdome era. I mean, she just brought so much to it. And the women's division was not, I mean... It wasn't in a great place going into the Thunderdome, but I feel like her and Sasha definitely elevated the women's division yeah. in the Thunderdome. I mean, it, it, it was just, it's hard to put into words, but man, it, it's, uh, Bailey was excellent this last year. I, I loved what Bailey did. Uh, the other thing that I think was pretty cool that I think would have been pretty much 
only possible in the Thunderdome uh, was the Fiend, you know, getting set on fire and, and getting hit with that RPO. Oh, yeah. uh, Randy Orton. That was incredible. I don't think it's any way they could have pulled that off in front of a live crowd. Yeah, so exactly. Got to give a shout out to that. Um, yeah. I wanted to discuss, you know, if we would see this thing in the future. Um, one thing I'm going to take off the table, we're not even going to speak into existence, any possible pandemic related event that would make them have to bring Jeez. it back out. Uh, you, could you guys see maybe for like retro raw or retro SmackDown sometime, maybe five, six years in the future, then bringing the Thunderdome back out just for, uh, for fun. Or do you think this thing is going off into the WWE warehouse never to be seen again? I, uh, I could see, I could see, definitely see it coming back as like a nostalgia type of thing. Hopefully not, like you said, not actually needing it again, but uh, yeah, I could definitely see it coming back as like a kind of like a nostalgia type of thing where i mean i'm not sure if anyone wants to remember <laughs> the uh funded dome times because that brings out back all those other memories with it but um i think yeah. it'd be pretty cool like maybe once like once or twice maybe like on smackdown or raw to do like a Th- thunderdome only show and then maybe invite like you know like the most hardcore of uh wwe fans to like to view and stuff like that i think it'd be pretty cool which i mean if they're gonna start doing theme type of shows on Raw SmackDown, I'm assuming that's going to be probably one of them at some point. I uh, I still want to see it in figure form, man. We I, I need you know we know some <laughs> stuffs coming on Mattel Creations. I want to see a uh, yeah a scale Thunderdome to use for my figure. Right cool. I think that would be pretty dang cool. <laughs> especially I don't I can't even imagine what the cost would be, but especially if it wasn't like cardboard, if it was actually like little mini LCDs, you know, and you could have oh them God, like, cool. timed up to different guys' entrances. I just I don't know. I've always been dreaming of having like a really high quality scale um entrance stage and if they did the thunderdome they could really give you like the entire arena um i'm interested to see if the new wwe video game is going to have it in there um i haven't seen it on unless i'm missing something i haven't seen it in any of the like concept art and previews they've released but i think it'd be pretty interesting to see if they actually include it or not or if this is just something that wwe kind of wants to just uh you know use the men in black memory stick on us and just act like this never happened It is time for the weekly beverage break where we share what we are sipping on as we talk wrestling. Marco, what are you drinking? Oh, I am uh, drinking one of my favorites. Uh, Love and wrestling, obviously. Double dry hopped, uh, New England double IPA, 8% alcohol. So, yeah, it's it's a perfect beer for for podcasting, for me anyway. So... I know you've mentioned this beer a couple times, man. Is it like the can art? Is it actually professional wrestling inspired or does it, is it not related to that? Is the name just a coincidence? Uh, no, it's, it's, I think the name's just a coincidence. Yeah. The art is actually just like a, kind of like a led. Um, it was like kind of like dive bar signs that you would see. Okay. Um, gotcha. love is in pink and then re- and wrestling is in uh green and blue. It's a, it's a pretty cool, like, um, like design but yeah it doesn't have like anyone wrestling on it or any likenesses or anything like that they i think they want to avoid getting you know sued <laughs> for any likenesses <laughs> on their can so yeah smart uh jordan what are you drinking tonight man um i'm switching between uh classic bush light and uh some bush light apple actually tonight so um <laughs> I, I, this Bushlight Apple is a terrific summer beer, man. I don't know if you guys have had it, but it's just is perfect it similar for to uh, to like Red's Apple Ale? 
Or no, is it a cider? It, so you still get like the bushlight flavor. Like you can definitely tell it's still bushlight. It's just got a hint of apple on the back. I mean, it's huh, it's okay. just it's like really quenching for like a summer beer. Yeah, I may have to try it, man. I drank a shitload of bush light this week. I saw I was at, uh, you know, the past week we were staying at my parents' house before we came up to Sheena's parents these last couple of days. And bush light is my dad's beer of choice. And uh, yeah, we downed a few 30 racks, man, between fishing oh, and doing all the setup and breakdown for my son Brett's birthday party and hanging out in the hot tub. Yeah, we put it, and you know, bush light, man. The thing about it is like, I don't think it's going to win any, um, you know, beer of the year awards or any international, you know, beer competition medals anytime soon. But dude, that shit goes down smooth, man. Like you can really, if you're, if you're trying to take some beer to pound town, Bush Light is, uh, is definitely the one, uh, th- that you want to hit. Um, speaking of which I'm drinking another, uh, you know, basic style beer. I'm drinking a Hailman's old style. So this is something I'd never actually tried before, but it was in, uh, it was in the fridge here uh, that Sheena's, Sheena's stepdad uh, had a case of it and was selling it uh, You know, to me that it was pretty good. And I tried it, and it, it's pretty solid, man. It's actually made by uh, Pabst, but it's out of out of Milwaukee. Pretty good beer. Huh. Again, it's just your, your standard uh, American light beer. Any of you guys have old style before? No. Yeah, that's the – that's the in the 90s, that was the beer of the Chicago Cubs. Um, so I, I, we're actually going to Chicago next week, and that's basically all we drink when we're in Chicago. <laughs> nice so it's it's not the beer of the chicago cubs anymore no they've moved on to like budweiser and stuff like that but oh, okay old, old style has become like us. harder it's just become harder to find more than anything i mean it's not like uh it's at every store in town you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's more of like a harder to find beer yeah they said when uh I, again i would just I, I get really obsessive like if i get interested on something so i really did a little bit of uh deep dive on on old style beer yesterday when i started drinking it and sounds like that it was kind of neck and neck with pbr as far as like distribution goes but you know pbr um got really big with the hipsters around like 2008 2009 and really kind of blew up a little bit had a real resurgence in popularity and they started brewing more and more pbr and less and less old style so that's why it's been a little bit harder to find over the last uh last 10 years or so but it's definitely solid if you need you a cold beer uh to you know wash the trail dust down or uh, cool off after mowing the yard or something uh you know there's a lot of stuff you can do worse than than uh than old style all right you guys ready to get back to wrestling yeah let's go all right so we're about an hour since fighter fest wrapped up uh i thought it was a pretty good show excuse me this is fighter fest night one um marco what'd you think of uh the first night of fighter fest uh, i thought it was actually really good um it, uh, it was pretty solid. I mean, I don't think there was any, in my opinion, any down, any downtimes uh, during it. Um, all the matches are pretty solid. Uh, the the promos in between were pretty good too. Um, we got we got to see uh, Malachi Black make another appearance. Yeah, um, how mad is, is uh, WWE about letting this guy go? He looks like he's Man. the next main eventer. Yeah, for, like uh, I said, uh, yeah, I said this before we started. I was like, yeah, I think he's going to be the the star like that's going to be out of all the releases you know you know sorry to all the people that were released from the wwe uh but out, out of all the releases i think he's the one that's going to be the like the oh my god i can't believe you let him go um guy since it's like even with the clause he had like that 30 day instead of 90 day too so it was yeah. kind of like he has he has like all the makings of 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 it of his appearance in aew um and his tenure being like a legit like main event thing 
Um, and just by the crowd reaction tonight, you can tell he's definitely the he's going to be the guy, if not one of the guys. Yeah, definitely. He is. He's over like Grover. Um, how about that uh, coffin match, man? I think we need to have a moment <laughs> of silence for Darby oh, Allen's spine. Like, no, for Ethan. I don't know. What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, Ethan took a beating <laughs> too, man. But I just some of those bumps Darby Allen's taking, like that, uh, you know, the razor's edge off onto the stairs. I'm just like, yeah. I don't know. I, this guy's definitely planning on, you know, he's not here for a long time. He's here for a good time, man, because he, he is filling up his bump card quickly. He throws himself into, like, he just uses himself as like a like a wrecking ball almost and just launches himself into stuff. It's it's like you know, it's amazing to watch, but at, at the same time you like you said, you just just like how long does he have, you know, to actually do these types of things. So maybe he's just trying to get it all out now and uh you know, later on in his career he changes his style up a little bit, obviously, because you get older, you're not gonna be able to do that type of stuff anymore. But um it is entertaining now because I mean that I mean for a first ever coffin match on AEW, I was pretty entertained by it. Yeah, we saw Ricky Starks grab the FTW championship, and Brian Cage is now seemingly gone. It seems like the face turn for Brian Cage is complete. Yep. Um, and other championship news, how about the new and possibly improved, depending on your perspective, uh, Bulgarian-inspired TNT championship? What did you think of this one, Marco, with the, the white strap with the green hits? I like it. Uh, I didn't. I, I like the change up. I like it. I like the. Um, you know. It, you know. For a short amount of time, it's been around. It's, it's had its different. Uh, you know, changes throughout its little. It's its short history. You know, starting yeah, off with the. I'm wondering the red. if. Uh, I'm wondering if we're going to yeah, start good. seeing a different. Uh, a different strap for or like a different belt for each guy. If that's just going to be the gimmick of the that. TNT Championship. Yes. The black strap awesome. hasn't even been around that long. You know, it's only been there for like six months. Yeah, it was a. It was a, obviously Darby was in. You know, he had the black strap, and uh, now you know, Miro has the the white strap. But yeah, it'd be pretty awesome if each person that wins it, they kind of do their own thing and have their own type of feel to the title. It makes it like it makes it legit. It makes it it makes it their own, which I'm not opposed to. You know, having. I think that's. I mean, if that's kind of like their second tier title, kind of like their intercontinental title, if you want to call it. So. I think it should have its own individuality and whoever holds it should, you know, hold it in the highest regard. Yeah. If, if that's what they're doing, AEW is going to be helping our friend for Ben figurines, um, make the down payment on her next house. Cause if you guys oh, haven't yeah. seen, she does a killer <laughs> job on, on both versions of the TNT title. She's got them available on her site right now. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be pretty easy for her to get the, I don't want to speak for, her, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be easy for her to get, the new design cranked out since it was just a simple color swap. Um, so I mean, she's yeah. probably doing it right now. She probably exactly, has one. Like, yes. Tomorrow yeah, we're going to see it on crazy. IG. <laughs> yeah. Her, her work is incredible. She's actually got to the point where like, I'll just, I don't even discriminate. If I see her posting something up, I just get it. Cause there's been some things that I'll pass on. Cause I'm like, well, you know, Mattel did a pretty good job with his belt already. And then, you know, somebody like Dougie Nunya or somebody in the Facebook group will post some pictures with it. And I'm just like, oh, my God, why the hell did I pass yeah. on this? This is incredible. Um, real quickly, let's take a look next week to, to night two. I want you guys to just go um, quick, like give us who, who the winner is and we'll keep it moving. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll alternate on the four matches announced so far. Uh, Marco, the first uh, title defense for Britt Baker, uh, Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose. Oh, Britt Breaker, of course. She'll okay. figure out a way Jordan, to, this uh, one's to beat. This one's going to be interesting. So this is uh, the guy he actually won this belt from, 
John Moxley defending against Lance Archer, the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, in a Texas death match. Wow. Lance Archer's not losing twice. I, I got Lance Archer in this one. Oh. Okay. We know Mox lost his last uh, Texas death match against uh, against Brock Lesnar there in uh, at WrestleMania 32. So That's right. uh, he's, he hasn't had luck in the state of Texas. All right. Uh, Marco, singles match. Sean Spears can use the chair. Chris Jericho cannot. Spears versus Jericho. Who you got? I got Jericho. Jericho, you can't you can't count. He's the goat. You can't count him out of a out of a match like that. He's always going to figure out a way to uh, to get the win. Yeah, and who the hell has Sean Spears ever beat? Nobody. Yeah. And then and who is actually who is Sean Spears? Can you remind me? Is he from AEW? But, you know, he's Dark? a perfect ten man. He's he's uh he's Peyton Royce's husband. I think that's really kind of his biggest. Uh, Claim to fame at this point. I know. All right, guy. Jordan, I'm I, I'm uh, lobbing you a softball for this last one. Orange Cassidy versus the Blade. Oh my God, Orange Cassidy! This is not even a match. <laughs> this is absolutely ridiculous that this is even a match. Yeah, I think that one's pretty much like a half step above a uh, a straight up squash, man. So yeah, I think Orange Cassidy's one easy. Should be a pretty good night. Um, Marco, correct me if I'm wrong, man. I was I thought that they set it up for Fighter Fest night two. Uh, the elite was going to be going against Hangman and Dark Order in five versus five elimination. Is that for some other time down the road? And that's a, I actually thought that was a match that they promoted as well, but it looks like it's going to be something. Um, yeah, they it's, might it's be not on the Wikipedia for, page yet, and Wikipedia yeah. is usually pretty damn quick on uh, on on uh, announcing these. Let me double check on well, AW's Twitter. Yeah, the only thing I'm thinking is uh, with like the progression and what's happening with uh, with uh, Hangman, you know, Hangman and Kenny uh, happening. So I that I mean that that kind of makes sense that they you know if they did promote it they removed it because that might be a match yeah. that they're going to use as a setup towards the uh, the inevitable the matchup. So um, yeah, so I can't yeah, yeah. I get I could see that Maybe happening later on. for a couple weeks. Yeah. All right, let's get on to. The big event for this week, it is time to preview Money in the Bank. So, again, as we mentioned in the intro, Marco uh, retains the Chick Foley Show Prediction yes. Championship. Jordan, sorry, man, you got to work your way up the ranks. We're not going to give you a, uh, a title shot on your first night in the territory, man. So, But you will be going head-to-head with Marco. We'll see if uh, if Marco can defend himself. Uh, looking at the – you know, Marco, you really need to kind of restore some glory to this championship because in the Foley Picks League, I think you're kind of, what, middle of the pack, right? Or you're actually yeah. below the middle of the pack right now in the standings. Yeah, it's not looking great. I don't even. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> you stop checking. <laughs> now nah, I'm in the middle somewhere. I think. <laughs> and then Jordan, I think. What are you? You in third right now, Jordan? Yeah, something like that. Third or fourth. Yeah, I think I'm in first, man. I can't. I can't remember, but I think I'm in first place right now. I mean, how how convenient is that? The uh, the creator of the league is in first place. Hmm. <laughs> well, what's going on there? Huh? Exactly. Who knew? Who, who knew this would happen? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get oh, into oh, look. it. Here's eleven points for me, one for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just drunk with power. You know, I'm uh, I'm really gonna toss away any goodwill the show's had for my uh, you know my seventy dollar grand prize on winning this prediction league. All right, let's kick it off with the women's Money in the Bank match. So we got Oscar going up against Naomi. 
Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash, Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, Natalia, and the always intimidating TBD. Mm. Uh, we'll kick it off with Jordan. I'm going to toss to you first. Who do you think is going to be the to be determined? Oh, um, I'm going to go uh, Mia Yim. Okay. okay. The, the HBIC making her return. It's about time for her to come back. I, I, I think that would be a good addition to this match. <laughs> All right. Uh, Marco, how about you? Oh, man. I might be, th- this might be a long shot. All right. But, um, you know, it's a lot, li- it's the first live crowd ever. It'd be so, when I, when I, when oh, I go boy. with a full capacity live crowd, uh, oh, that boy. they've had in a year. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna reach, and I'm gonna go Becky Lynch. That would be awesome. That because if cool. you if you I want that like... live crowd reaction, and you are, and you and you're not gonna announce that to that TBD maybe until the actual uh, uh, pay per view. Just see it. Just imagine that it's just like they're all standing in the ring, and it's like who's gonna be the last participant here? Whoa! What, what would you do? You like the crowd oh, would lose their mind? I'd have tears, dude. And, uh, I, 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 mean, I would have tears, man. I think I think that I think it's I think it's I think it's a possibility. I'm I'm not sure, but uh, I mean it might be wishful thinking. But just looking at this lineup of ladies, I honestly don't see them any of them as a money in the bank briefcase holder. I could be wrong, but I think that TBD is going to be the uh, the holder of the money in the bank briefcase. So my pick is going to seem pretty boring um, after that because that would be awesome. I think that would definitely be best case scenario as Becky Lynch makes her triumphant return. I think it's actually going to be Sonya Deville. You know, she's going on over a year okay. um, without wow. wrestling, and they kind of been hinting on that on SmackDown. You know what I mean? She's kind of been, uh, you know, reaching a little bit further with her authority every single week. And I think we're going to see Sonya Deville uh, add herself to the match and, uh, you know, cause some waves. It could be you know, this huh. new blood in the women's division also. You know what I mean? We had uh, Tegan Knox or just Knox now, and Shotzi Blackheart, who is now just Shotzi, so they each dropped half their name. And uh, <sighs> Tony Storm also yeah. started having the hype videos coming up last week, so we could see one of those three. Um, Jordan, out of the three, out of uh, Knox, Shotzi, and Tony Storm, who do you think has the most potential to make the, the biggest splash on SmackDown? I'm going to go Tony Storm just because I've been a fan since day one. I just she's got it i i i mean i love shotzi but i i just think tony storm has it i mean just awesome yeah i'm surprised she hasn't been more successful since she came over uh to the states and joined nxt proper because yeah i agree she seems like the total package she's got the look she can cut a good promo and she's awesome in the ring so maybe she's one of those rare acts you know we've seen it before there's some people who are better on the main roster than they are in NXT for whatever reason. Um, and, and she could be the next one of those. There's definitely a, you know, a pretty big um, spot opened up at the top of the roster and on the SmackDown women's side though, with Bailey uh, tearing her ACL, you know, I, I uh, Sheena kind of summed it up perfectly on her IG account when she said that, uh, you know, it feels like Seth Rollins in 2015 where, you know, she blew out her knee from the way to carrying the company for a year. Cause like both of yeah. you guys said, Bailey has just been on it. She's been so entertaining. She's been funny. She's made you want to hate her. And then she's delivered in the ring um, with her actual matches over the past year. So it's a shame to uh, see her go down because she would have been a cool addition to this match if she uh, if she wouldn't have been able to take the belt off Bianca Belair. Um, yeah. Marco, I'm going to put you on the spot first, though. 
who is leaving as uh, Mrs. Money in the Bank on Sunday night? Oh, man. Like I said, it's hard to, like, any of these ladies, it's hard to see them, like, you know, when I think of the briefcase, I think of the, you know, like, kind of like the person that's going to, like, tease the fact that they, you know, they want that title. And I can only think of, like, Zelina Vega would be that type of person. Um, maybe Liv Morgan. Um, isn't Car- uh, Car- isn't Carmella in this or no? Isn't she in the No, the so bank? Carmella is taking Bailey's spot. Carmella's going to be fighting for the belt oh, on yeah, Friday night right, against right. Bianca Belair. Um, I'm going to go with TBD. Whoever TBD is is probably going to win the uh, win the bank, and I'm hoping it's Becky Lynch so they can set All up right, something for SummerSlam. But... Uh, I'm going to go Alexa Bliss. I just feel like they've put so much into her. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, just, I just feel like she's the one that's going to win it. I am going to, similar to Marco, I'm going to say TBD. As awesome as it would be uh, for Becky Lynch to win, because it would be kind of damn near poetic. You know, she gave up the belt and money in the bank, so it would really be kind of perfect to see her grab the briefcase this time. I think it's going to be Sonya Deville. I think she's going to put herself in the match, and I think she's going to win and just be a really evil heel, um, kind of with the abuse of authority, uh, and and find some way to cash in and, uh, and get that SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, should be a great match, though. All these ladies can go, um, and I'm really excited to see what they do. Let's move to our next match. This is the Raw Tag Team Championship. These belts had been kind of missing in action for a while after WrestleMania, but AJ Styles and uh, Omos, is that how we're saying it? Have we, have we decided on one way we're going to say this name? I think they say Omos. I think that's how they pronounce it. Omos, Okay. I feel like I'm almost, I feel like I'm saying almost anytime I say it, dude. Okay, so AJ Styles <laughs> and his bodyguard. We'll say that going up against the Viking Raiders. Um, I'll say this for whatever reason, the Viking Raiders have kind of been pegged as a comedy act over the past year plus, really since they started feuding with the Street Profits on the main roster. If they put these guys back to what they were in NXT, I think this match could wreck it. AJ going up against both those guys, I think could tear the house down. And then you go yeah. to Moss is like the X Factor coming in and doing what he does. So I think the potential is there for this to really kind of come in and steal the show. Uh, but we'll see what direction they end up taking it. Um, Jordan, who is your prediction to win this match? Uh, I'm going to go AJ and almost. Um, just like you just said, they've they've portrayed the Viking Raiders as such a comedy act. It's really hard for me to take them serious right now. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened because both those guys are awesome, man. I, I was really big fans of what they did in NXT. Um, Marco, how about you? Who you got? Yeah, no, I'm going to go with uh, AJ and almost as well. Um, only because, you know, you have SummerSlam right around the corner. And obviously there's a lot of stuff that can happen between that time. But I think you want to, you know, if you're going to have those titles on the line at SummerSlam, um, I think that, you know, AJ and almost are the – guys that you want in a tag team match as the champions um, on the opposite side. So um, I'm going with them to retain. Yeah, I agree. Uh, They're definitely building up Omos to be one of the new monsters. And I don't see him taking his first loss. um, The, you know, the second time he's ever wrestling in front of a live crowd. Let's move on to the women's division. The raw championship Rhea Ripley defending against Charlotte for the, Second straight pay-per-view. Um, I know we were kind of all on board the Charlotte train last time. 
Do we think yeah. Rhea Ripley can escape again, or is there any reason to think that Charlotte is not walking out of here with the belt around her waist once again? Man. See, this is, this is the thing. We talked about this last time, you know, um, and I kind of said, I think, like, Rhea Ripley's, you know, reign has been kind of, like, stagnant almost. It hasn't um, worked, man. Or, they got to go back to the drawing yeah. board. Yeah, so, I mean, and now, and now this, is, this match is going to happen in front of a live crowd. So that's going to really determine on who's going to win the title or retain. Like, just, like, her walking out, what's the crowd going to react to? Rhea Ripley's entrance and what, how the crowd's going to react to Charlotte when she walks out. So, you know, it could change at the last minute during that match. Like, oh my God, they're going this way. We got to go with this person. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like Rhea Ripley's going to get a lukewarm reception, and I think the fans are going to be stoked to see Charlotte live. Yeah, again. I think Charlotte's going to get a I big so. baby face reaction when she and comes I out. I think, yeah, I think. Uh, like I said, I'm going with this. Summer Summer Slam's around the corner. Um. And what better way to sell tickets is Charlotte Flair as the Raw um, Women's Champion. So I'm going to go with Charlotte Flair in front of a live crowd taking that title. All right, Jordan. You, you know, it, it just seems like for like the past three months, we've all thought, all right, it's just a matter of time before Charlotte takes it. I, I'm not seeing it. I, I honestly think even if Becky doesn't come back on Sunday – I think Becky comes back to Raw, and that's who eventually beats Rhea. I, okay. I just don't think they're giving the belt to Charlotte Flair. I, I just really don't. So I'll All go right. Rhea. Interesting. All right, so we got uh, the first. Uh, excuse me. So Jordan's going Alexa and Rhea, and uh, Marco is going TBD and Charlotte. So. It's it's good. Half the time, you know, uh, Marco and Sheena end up making all the same picks. I got to come up with some random tiebreaker to, uh, to decide the winner. <laughs> so it's going to be some real action to see if uh, Jordan can take the, uh, you know, the, get, he can have some some sort of claim to the championship and maybe come back for his proper title shot down the road. Um, let's move to the Raw main event. Bobby Lashley defending the belt against Kofi Kingston. We got some more dissension in what's left of the Hurt Business, if we can even still call it the Hurt Business. Um, Bobby and MVP having a little bit of animosity against each other on Monday night. Um, Jordan, do you think it's going to come into play? Is, is there any chance Kofi takes this belt off Bobby Lashley? No, no. Uh, Bobby <laughs> Lashley, a hundred percent. I'm not, I'm not even buying into the fact that there's even a chance Lashley loses. I'm not doing it anymore. I've, I've bet against yeah. him a couple of times. It ain't happening. I've been watching wrestling long enough. I feel like the, the dissension we saw between MVP and Bobby Lashley is, uh, like swerve set up you know what i mean it's all just a little bit of a distraction and i feel like mvp is going to come in and, and help ensure that bobby lashley leaves with that belt on sunday night and all will be well between those two uh marco what do you think man you you got a rep for your uh, fellow bostonian is kofi getting oh, a chance man. of uh walking out with the belt as much as i mean so we we kind of we talked about this on uh on uh the raw recap that i did with that the og fig kid um and we there's like a whole there's there's a lot of things going on with 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 this whole storyline. Like you said, you have Bobby Lashley and MVP, um, and we also have what well, we kind of spoke about, which we're kind of speaking into an existence. It's really not there yet. But Kofi and Xavier, and you know Xavier being like the 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 third the 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 the, uh, the unknown guy on New Day, we'll say like the like the lesser known of the guys. It's always Kofi and Big E. Those are the two big guys. Um, so 
I mean, we were talking about like you know like kayfabe and like what if what if Xavier Woods makes Kofi Kingston lose on uh, yeah. maybe there's some like kind of accidental thing that happens. Um, maybe he's he's about to win and something happens where you know Xavier Woods does something you know that makes him you know distracts him or something and he ends up losing the match and there's some dissension there. Um, we don't we don't know. So that was kind of like a weird thing we were playing with, but um, obviously Bobby Lashley's gonna win. I can't. I can't pick Kofi Kings. It's going to be an awesome match. It's not going to be a squash match like it was with Brock Lesnar, where it was just like he ran up and did a move, and that the match is over. It's definitely going to be a. I'm gonna. It's going to be an awesome match, um, and I'm definitely going to enjoy it. But yeah, Kofi Kingston is not walking out with that title. But um, depending on where this match is placed, go ahead. I do. Yeah, be depending on where this match is placed. If it is the in fact like, depending on where it is. Um, we're going to go into this next thing. Well, we're going to go into it a little bit later about the actual Money in the Bank ladder match with the men. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Bobby Lashley as a winner and I'll give you, I'll give my, uh, two cents when we get to that point. I think you might be onto something with the, the New Day drama, man. So this, this might mean something, might mean nothing. Um, Big E did an interview with Fox Sports this week and was talking about the potential New Day breakups like a couple different times when, they were pissed yep. the new day splitting up, you know. So it seemed yeah. kind of it's kind of weird that that was the topic that was on his mind this week. You know what I mean? That they're actually like planting that idea out there. So the guys have been together for over seven years now, man. So it, you can't say that they aren't due for something to really shake things up. Um, I'm just I'm interested to see how they would how they would play it out because, like you said, they could have you could have Xavier being you know the forgotten member of New Day who finally joins up with Bobby and MVP. Or you could have yep. Kofi get frustrated after another loss and say, you know what, screw it, you guys are holding me back and try to just go fully solo to kickstart, um, you know, Kofi Mania Part 2. So, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel a, like they could uh, – go ahead. I'm going to throw another scenario, and, uh, you know, this could this could also happen. Like I said, depending on where the men's Money in the Bank uh, match is placed, if it's the first match of the night, um, what if Big E wins – Kofi has uh, Bobby Lashley on the ropes like he's getting ready to win, and he cashes in at that point. Yeah, that could be cool takes, too. It yeah, takes that, that it takes that away from Kofi that 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 moment that he could have had again. So yeah, I'm a big fan know, like, of uh, it, I'm a big fan of the Money in the Bank matches going on early, so that way you have you already have the briefcase in play for the the yeah, same night cash. So it's possible. There's like a there's a huge like there's a there's like an underlying we, like I said we talked about this on the. Uh, on the raw recap, but there's kind of like an underlying storyline where you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you know, SummerSlam is the second biggest pay-per-view I think of the year next to, you know, it's like the summer's version of WrestleMania essentially. So in a lot of, a lot of uh, feuds end or begin um, leading into the next year. So who knows? You, you could see like a triple threat match at SummerSlam between the new day for the WWE title. Who knows? Who knows if that's yeah, in the work? So, That'd be awesome, but uh, like I said, we're all we're just speaking, you know, craziness. But we'll get to the uh, meat and bones later. So we kind of uh, we kind of talked around it a little bit. Let's go ahead and dive in before we get to the Universal Championship match, the Men's Money in the Bank. So this is definitely one of the most loaded um, matches we've seen as far as overall star power goes. A lot of times. This is a lot of upper mid card guys with, you know, maybe one or two main eventers split in. Uh, it's different this year. We got some serious, serious superstars in this match. You got Ricochet, John Morrison, 
uh, Matt Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Seth Rollins in the uh, the Money in the Bank match. Um, Jordan, I'll kick it to you first, man. Who do you think is walking away with the briefcase? Okay, so here's my first thing. How many of these guys either don't make it to the ring or how many people get added into this match is the first thing. Because either somebody's not making it to the ring or somebody's getting added in. Um, With all the Cena rumors swirling, man, Cena come back, win the briefcase, challenge Roman at SummerSlam. That would be incredible. That would be I'm going to go with the surprise and I'm going to say that Cena comes back and wins. Wow. Jordan huh. coming in, swinging for the fences. John Cena to win Money in the Bank. That would be, uh, I think that, that'd be his second time, right? He won it before, I think, and uh, failed to yep. cash in against CM Punk at Raw 1000. So, all right. Very interesting pick for uh, for Jordan. Marco, what do you think? See, I don't think Cena needs a Money in the Bank briefcase to challenge Roman Reigns. I think he has like the star power enough where he can just walk in and do it. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's just me. You're not wrong. I, yeah. I just think that just to add another element to it, I, I don't know. I just I just feel like they got to introduce Cena back to us because, I mean, how long has it been since we've seen him wrestle? It's been since The Fiend beat him at uh, WrestleMania 36. I mean, so, I mean, yeah, supposedly he's like... That's not really a wrestling match, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> supposedly he's supposed to be making a pair. It's like when they're back at live crowds. So like, like which is Sunday. not this money in the bank, but you know, I think SmackDown or that that yeah, following week or something, the, something uh, like that. The July twenty third SmackDown was the rumor that's yeah. floating out there for his uh, his comeback. But I mean, so, they could always he could always sneak in, you know. Yeah, they could they could change it up definitely. Um, but I have two actually people that I think could win this. Like I said, Big E, um, just because for my fantasy storyline with the New Day, um, sure. that's my own pick. But another guy, I think. That definitely wants to win a title, um, and has said on a on a certain show called Talking Smack, and I think his name is Seth Rollins. I think he's gonna oh, go. Yes. I think he's taking that. I think he's taking a briefcase, um, and he's gonna be that menace that I've been talking about earlier. When you have that briefcase, you have to be that person that's like unstable that you don't know what they're gonna do when they're gonna do it. And just think of all the different ways he can match that briefcase with his his awesome. Uh, his drip that he has going on with his suits. <laughs> so um, I yeah. think it's just like, I think it's just plays into it. I think, I think Seth Rollins is taking that briefcase. I'm not sure if he's right. cashing in I, that uh, night, but yeah, I think so. I don't think he's going to get a chance to match the briefcase. I think Seth is going to win and I'll go ahead and get the prediction started for the main event. I think Seth is going to cash in and edge is going to somehow cost him his cash in and he loses, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly yeah. how it's going to play yeah. out. If he's going to do it similar to, WrestleMania 31, where he starts up a triple threat and uh, somehow loses out, or if it's going to be like post match and and then maybe Edge screws him over. But I think that I, I think that. he's going to I think Seth's going to cash in. Roman is going to somehow escape with the belt, and we're going to have Edge and Seth set up for SummerSlam. Yep. Now I pray that I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm hoping that somehow, some way, uh, Seth gets the world championship, but. You know, Romans, he's finally got the Usos united behind him. The bloodline is all together. Hopefully, uh, you know, the bloodline's uh, blood alcohol content is under legal limits. <laughs> but we'll, uh, <laughs> I don't know if they well, want to change the name. From the, anyway. yeah, yeah, they may want to change the name of that faction from the bloodline. I don't know if they want to bring that name back because, uh, yeah, maybe – 
Maybe not doing anything referencing the blood with those guys right now, but uh, <laughs> I think I feel like Roman yeah, Reigns has just got a straight up. <laughs> yeah, take a trip to the Uso Penitentiary. Um, <laughs> I I think Roman has just got a stranglehold on that Universal Championship, and I see him carrying it all the way to WrestleMania. I I think it's going to oh, have yeah. to be on a really big stage for somebody to take it off of him, and I don't think Money in the Bank is that. So, yeah, I'm picking Seth wins and cashes in the same night, but is unsuccessful. Um, I'll kick it over to you guys. Jordan, what's your pick for uh, Roman versus Edge? Hold on. I, w- I want to touch one more thing on the money in the bank, okay? So, okay. Marco, you just said Cena doesn't need the money in the bank. Rollins doesn't need it either. Like, I get what you guys are saying and to set up the feud, but Rollins does not need that briefcase either. Like, if we're going to go with people that need it, you're 100% right on the Big E thing or, like, someone like Riddle or something like that. I mean... I, I just don't think Rollins needs it. Like Rollins can walk in and challenge for a title tomorrow and I would be perfectly fine with it. You See, know? Yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is also true, but I don't, in this landscape now where he's kind of like an afterthoughts for Roman Reigns, I I feel like he has to work his way. He feels like he has to like prove himself that he's a, uh, like a title contender. Cause he's not even being acknowledged. Like, like if you watch SmackDown the past couple weeks, Roman Reigns isn't even like even looking Seth at Seth Rollins as a as a threat at all. So like he's not even like looking at him as a person that can walk in and actually take a a title shot from him or ask for a title shot. Like he's looking at a per- he's looking at Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins himself um, gauging from that promo that he had is that he has to he's prove he wants to prove that he should get a title shot. So I think that's why he's in the Money in the Bank uh, match in the first place. I mean. That's yeah, that's why he's there. First time being that. in uh, in Money in the Bank since 2014. Also, man. It's yeah, he's yeah. The, he's the afterthought now. He's like Roman Reigns is the like like they say he's the center of the of the WWE universe, and you know he just shoes off Seth Rollins like he's nobody, like he's never even seen him before. So I think him having that briefcase gives him all the power that he needs um, mm-hmm. to hold over Roman Reigns' head if he needs. Well, it's not going to go that long anyway. Yeah, and I agree with Seth. I think no matter what, it's going to get flushed out by SummerSlam, whoever wins. Yeah. I just, I, I don't feel like this is going to be a long, they're not going to hold this this briefcase out there till WrestleMania again, because it, it kind of yeah. ruins the momentum of it. You know, it's just, it, it worked when Rollins did it, but like now it's like, it's, it's almost like WWE's forgotten about it and Oh, when are they going to use it? So yeah, I agree with Seth. Yeah. Though. It's going to get flushed out quicker this yeah, time. That night, yeah. It seems like they they like to Let's alternate see. years too. If you look historically, so you know, um, Miz had it for damn near nine months. You know what I mean? Whereas Brock, when he won it in two thousand, or you know, obviously Otis won it, held it for a long time, lost it to Miz. But we were yeah. about nine months between Money in the Bank and the actual cash in. Whereas you look the year before that, I think Brock held it for maybe like a month and a half, and he cashed in on Seth. So. Uh, they really do like to kind of you know go back and forth each year for how long the the money in the bank contract holder actually um, has it. Yeah. But uh, you know, Jordan, we never, we still got to get your pick, man. Roman versus Edge. Stop dodging it, man. Stop stalling. Oh. Who, uh, who do you, who's leaving with the Universal Championship? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, if you go by my pick for the money in the bank, I'm obviously picking Roman because I think Roman and Cena are wrestling at SummerSlam for the title. <laughs> so. Uh, I love Edge. I, I love the the comeback. It's been awesome to watch, and I think this is going to be a. I think this match is going to be really good. But 
we finally get the one-on-one match, but uh, Roman's just too much right now. I mean, he, he just is. He's he's the best guy they got in WWE right now. So, yeah, Roman. Yeah, I think he's the best professional wrestler in the world right now. Like, as far as total package goes, in-ring, mic, presentation, everything, he's the best. Um, yeah. Marco, close it out. Roman versus Edge, who wins? I mean, there's no, there's no stopping the reins train. We, we, we said this plenty of times on the show. I mean, it's just going to roll through as long as it wants to. It's not going to – there's no stopping it. He's he's definitely winning. Um, obviously, it's going to be an awesome match. I mean, he's going against the ultimate opportunist, so who knows what Edge is going to do in the match um, to actually get the title because he is pretty determined to win. Um, but, yeah, no, it's 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 Roman Reigns, man. It's, uh, it's, it's really hard to predict anyone else beating Roman Reigns unless, like, like Jordan said, it's a John Cena or – or The Rock, or Stone Cold comes back, or somebody bigger, Hulk Hogan, whoever whoever it is, it has to be a big name to come back and actually take that that uh, strap off of Roman Reigns, and you know, Edge is one of those big names, but not happening for him. What uh, Jordan? What do you think the actual fan reaction is going to be for Roman? You know, uh, obviously he was. <laughs> In front of the live crowd at Mania, but that that was a weird crowd because it was partial capacity and in the open air arenas. Sometimes the crowd reaction um, doesn't really translate unless it's really really massive. Sounds like he got a little bit of a mixed reaction there. Um, what do you think it's going to be on Sunday? Is he going to get cheered or booed? I think it'll be the boos will outweigh the cheers, but not by much. I mean. <sighs> Dude, I get everybody booing Roman for the last couple of years. I get it. But, man, you got to celebrate what he's done the last eight months. Like it, it, The run he's on right now, I mean, it's it's his best run of his career by far to me. Um, so I, I feel like the boos are going to outweigh the cheers, but I feel like he's still going to get enough cheers where you're going to hear him, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's. I know WWE wants him getting booed now for a change. Um I don't know. I mean, it's a good thing he's going against Edge because Edge is pretty much universally beloved. But I think it's going to be hard for people to boo Roman. You know, dude is a freaking badass. In addition to what we all know, he's overcoming his personal life with his battle with leukemia. Like, again, he is just doing the best work of his career. And he's just cool, man. You know what I mean? Like, he's not the heel that you want to hate. You're just entertained by him because he seems so evil. um, But he's still, like, you know, so powerful and stuff. So... I'm interested in that. What, what do you think, Marco? Cheers or booze for uh, for Thunderdome Rome on Sunday? Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, it, it's it's definitely hard to gauge on what what the fan reaction is going to be, but it might be. I think it's going to be mixed. I think it's going to be mixed okay. uh, of uh, cheers and booze. I think it's he's going to still have those those uh, lingerers from years before booing him, and I think it's going to be a newer <laughs> newer generation or a newer crowd cheering him on so you might hear a mixture um it's definitely gonna be loud though when he comes out it's not gonna be like a you know like a murmur of cheers and booze it's gonna be it's gonna be a loud mixture of both i think kind of like how john cena was towards the end of like him kind of like disappearing like people yeah. like you know john cena sucks that type of thing it's gonna be it's gonna be that it's gonna be the the people that think it's cool to boo uh roman reigns when in reality they should be cheering and, and acknowledging the tribal chief so yeah and i feel like he's actually even leveled up some since mania you know he debuted i'm still pissed that they didn't debut the new theme music at wrestlemania because that new theme music is just so perfect for his character now uh i think that would have been the right time to roll it out but 
yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how he is received in Fort Worth this Sunday. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things Indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern. Available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. Go figures, where we cover the latest and greatest in the world of wrestling figures and talk about what we've each added to our own personal collections. Reminder, this segment is brought to you by our good friends at Ringside Collectibles, the number one worldwide retailer in wrestling figures. Use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your orders at Ringside. And here we go. All right, we have a loaded Go Figure segment this week. So, Marco, let's get right to it. Take it away. Take us oh, away yeah. with figure news. Yeah, let's uh, let's, uh, let's we're gonna kind of speed through this because we uh, obviously we we're we were on hiatus last week, so there's a lot of stuff <laughs> that happened um, <laughs> in figure news. Obviously, usually it's kind of like a lull, but um, for some reason, it just obviously you know SDCC is uh, right around the corner, so a lot of stuff has been popping up. But uh, first and foremost, uh, ringside we have uh, AEW Unmatched Series One up for pre order. Um, have you guys, uh, have you, have you done your pre-orders for these or are you picking and yes, choosing and out of the actually, suits? Yeah. I, you know, I'm glad she's not here on the show so I can really heal off on her. Um, <laughs> Sheena kind of screwed us on this one, man. So I, it was oh, a combination no. of Sheena and ringside collectibles. They, they double teamed me and, you know, kind of just kicked my leg out from under my legs. So, Damn. um, it was one thirty-seven central time last week when the pre-orders went live um, literally, I got the email. So I, you got to remember, we're in, we've been in Kentucky since last Tuesday, and me and my dad were actually going out to this spot deep in the sticks, man. Um, that he had heard was like a pretty good fishing pond, and literally, we're going down the driveway of my parents' house. I get the email notification that uh, that the the pre order was live. Before I could even get the text message sent out, um, we were already out of service area, man, and we were out in the boonies, okay. and so. Uh, and, you know, if you guys know, aside from wrestling and my family, my other big passion in life is fishing. So I wasn't about to, you know, tell my dad, hey, turn around, go back up the driveway a little bit so I can you know, get these, <laughs> this wrestling dolls pre-ordered. Like, I just, you know, I, oh, I just dude. didn't have it in me. You know, I, had a, I guess my shame got the best of me being a grown ass man um, this hyped up on figures. Um, so the whole time I'm, uh, you know, going fishing, I'm like, again, I'm out in the boonies, man. I'll send you guys some video of it. Like there's like, we're deep in the woods in this fishing pond and I'm still hopelessly checking my phone like every 10 minutes to see if maybe like half a bar will pop back up on the service. Nothing, dude. My phone's like, it may as well have been a middle finger looking back at me where your little like service indicator is at. Um, ended up being like three hours later before I got back. So we were, we we did go ahead and get the set pre-ordered. But it was pre-order too, because Sheena, you know, to her, to her defense, she, I, she was busy taking care of the kids and going ahead and prepping stuff for Brett's birthday party. It's not like she was just sitting on her butt, Peg Bundy style. But uh, yeah, she was definitely a little bit of sleep at the wheel on uh, the drop for that one. But I, I got them pre-ordered, so you guys will get your figures first. Um, but I'm definitely excited to, to see these when they come out, because it looks like a really, really great set, especially that Darby Allen. That's the one I'm most excited for. Uh, how about oh, you, Jordan? Yeah. Where do you think the best figure in the set is going to be? 
Um, the Chase Britt Baker is phenomenal, but yeah, that, that Darby, it, it kind of makes me not need the Chase Darby anymore. Cause I Same. feel like this is just as good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I pre-ordered these as well. I I'm in pre-order number two as well. Cause it was just, it was a crazy day at work. And by the time I saw it, I was like, damn it. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, definitely. I'm, a, I'm a, actually. I think I've been pre-ordered too as well. I think I missed out on the first. Okay, sweet. First wave. So yeah, we're all in the same boat. It's no no big deal. And be, I didn't even know this was like a like this was gonna happen. It was just kind of like a just happened to uh, open up Twitter and I seen uh, ringside post and I was like, what the heck? They're already doing this. Um, obviously, going right to the page. It's you know second pre-order. So it's still it's still on pre-order too. Um, I'm I'm looking at it right now. So. Uh, it's mid-August, which obviously it's not too far off. Um, but yeah, cool. you can ringside definitely will let you set up on like you know if if uh, you know any of our good friends at Ringside are listening right now that uh, you know a feature to be introduced in the future. If you have an account with Ringside, maybe you could go ahead and like set up like automatic pre-orders. You know what I mean? If you know you're going to get every Elite set or every AEW set, just go ahead and click that, and they can just you know if, as long as you got payment on file, they can go ahead and hook you up right when it goes live. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, Should definitely maybe I'm just that. a psychopath, and I, uh, that's uh, something only I would take advantage of. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take it easy. You're not going to be fishing out in the boonies every weekend, so take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could do like a like a text message, like, "Hey, these pre-orders are yeah, are text alert." Like because I don't I don't know about you guys, like you know, if I get a text message, I pretty much check it within like if I got my phone on me, I'm checking it within like one minute. Emails, I'm a little yeah. bit more passive on. You know what I mean? I email my set and my thing for three, four, or five hours before I get around to looking at it. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll hit up ringside. We'll come up with something better. We'll, we'll start working on getting a better notification system out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving on, WWE Series 122 featuring uh, the hot mess, Chelsea Green, who uh, actually is seems like an ROH now over the weekend. Uh, did you guys get to see... Uh, See her make an appearance there. Uh, I saw I some of the clips the off of social media. I wasn't actually watching when it uh, when it happened, but yeah, I saw that uh, that yeah, she's back. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that so was series one twenty two world show, right? Yeah, it was the best. They 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 announced a uh, women's uh, tournament, and uh, she's yep. going to be in it. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, but uh, yeah, so the the uh, one twenty two series consists of Drew McIntyre. Charlotte Flair, Damian Priest, and obviously, like I said, Chelsea Green, who is the variant. Uh, uh, she's in purple for standard, and then the variant is uh, all black, everything. So, um, I mean, that's a, she's yeah, a first the, of mine, uh, too, I believe. Yep, I got the well. purple Chelsea Green and Damian Priest, too. Um, I haven't checked. Yep. They should be at my house in Virginia right now. I'm not sure if they made it yet or not, though. Yeah, they are They are available right now. It's not. They're not actually... Um, up for pre-order anymore, so they are available to purchase on ringside. So it's the uh, yeah, Damian Priest and Chelsea are the obviously the first in line or new in line. Um, and it's the uh, Damian Priest is he has actually has the uh, taped up ribs, which is pretty cool um, for a first time figure. I was just looking at there as well. Um, yeah, so they're all available to purchase right now on ringside. Uh, we'll move on to uh, some some news on the I, I think this this popped last week as well. So the uh, WWE Legends uh, Brutus Beefcake and DDP um, that they that they're online only and that's from Action Figure Attack. 
Um, they're not going to be in Target stores. Uh, so if you miss a pre-order, they should be stocked again uh, once they come back in stock. I think it says uh, Target sent emails uh, saying they're coming July 20th. So if you missed out on it. I actually got an email today for mine because I have two Brutus Beefcakes awesome. on order because I'm hoping to get the chase. That uh, I got another delay today saying they're available July 27th. So oh, damn. I don't know if anybody else yeah. got that or if that was just me. But yeah, it looks like July 27th now. But I'm really hoping to get a blue briefcase, uh, blue beefcake. Um, I know people were cleaning up on getting the chase Ted DiBiase from the pre-orders uh, last time. So I'm hoping that uh, it's the same thing this next time around. Yeah, so they are they're gonna be back in stock. Obviously not in stores, they are online only, so download that app, that target app, sign in, put on your alerts, whatever you need to do if you need if you want those two figures, and uh you'll definitely get those alerts. Um we didn't talk about this too. This is actually pretty cool. Uh so Fig Hill. Yeah, um, have you guys seen fan. this? Yeah, yeah. I got this, uh, this again. This is another item waiting for me uh, in in Virginia when we get back home. Man, it's pretty cool. Yeah, we didn't talk about. I think uh, we didn't talk about this last week, but uh, or the week before. But uh, Fig Heel actually came out with a, a book. It's the Ultimate Wrestling Figure Checklist. Um, it's on Amazon. It's five hundred plus pages, um, and it pretty much features everything from past to present uh, products. So it's like a. I think uh, uh, Matt Cardona actually. Um, took a photo of his of him with a copy of it as well. It actually looks pretty cool. Um, I think you get it. I think you can get it in Kindle form too, as well. If I'm not mistaken, cool. I think I've seen it on there. I could be wrong, but yeah, uh, I originally it is a ordered this as a as to just kind of like help support our friend and as like a collector's yeah. item. Then actually look at it, people flipping through the pages. I think this is what I'm going to use because right now I have this gigantic, complicated ass uh, Microsoft Excel sheet that I use to inventory all my figures. So, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to switch it up and uh, just use this book now. Yeah, actually, I uh, downloaded the Kindle version, like the preview, just to see, like, what it looked like on the inside. Do you actually like, get a preview of it? It's it's it's, it's legit. It's, actually, it's pretty in-depth. So, yeah, any collectors out there that have, like, you know, full lines, uh, but they want to keep track of everything, definitely pick this up. It's, uh, like, like we said, it's fellow Foley fan member, Fig Hill. That's a lot of Fs right there that I just threw out <laughs> there at once. But, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely pick it up. It's on uh, Amazon and, right now to to purchase. Uh, Sheena has in her notes here. I hope uh, hope we're not you know spilling any tea for Fig Heel, but she was actually chatting uh-huh. with him today, and this is going to be he's planning on this being a yearly thing. So you'll see an update, um, awesome. you know, every year like a new an, version. This will come out with all the new product added in, like an almanac almost, like a yearly yeah, pretty much type, oh, like a yearly digest, like a an ultimate regular ultimate uh, wrestling figure checklist, uh, like digest, which is pretty cool. That's with awesome. so many different companies making figures now, we need something, man, because it's it's freaking complicated keeping up with all the different releases. It's a damn near yeah, full time job. Yeah, he did. Yeah, because a lot of people out there doing their own type of like, like you said, like Excel spreadsheets and keeping their own list and stuff like that. But um, you have the wrestling figure database too, as well, out there. You know, keeping track of all the the figures and stuff. But yeah, now you have uh, Fig Hill blood in his hand and finding that niche in there. So that's awesome. So yeah, definitely yeah, go pick it up. Help support a friend of the show, and uh, you know, get your get your collections up. He's here to help. Uh so this was some news that was brought up uh, last week as well uh, for WWE Legends Series Eleven and Twelve um, for the, the for the releases anyway. Uh, Legends Series Eleven will be available late July, early August, 
at Target, Target exclusive, obviously. Um, and then WWE, WWE Legends 12 um, is available this fall at, at Target. So uh, pre-orders start in July for the fall um, uh, release of Series 12. So um, they didn't really show... I think they showed Series 11, right? Or that No, was we've with seen the, both uh, sets. Yeah, so Series they show 11... Both? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because 11 is uh, Bam Bam, Big John Studd, Macho, and Scott Hall. And then 12 is Junkyard Dog, Kevin Nash, Piper, and Mr. Ass. That's right, Junkyard Dog with the the Harley Race uh, crown, the king crown. That's right. Um, Yeah, so are you guys picking up these whole sets? Are you picking and choosing? Are you guys going about these? Yeah, I think I'm going whole set. I I may pass on Billy Gunn. Um, but yeah, everything else I'm grabbing for sure. You don't want the uh, DX Army set, dude? Like, uh, you know, I know it's bad saying that because I'm a resident of Norfolk, Virginia, <laughs> where the actual DX invasion took place. But I don't know. I, I already have two Billy Guns. I ha- I don't think I need two Road Dogs. I, I have the original Elite Road Dog. Um, I got the China that I want, and I already got like nine Triple H figures. So I I think I'm all set on those guys, man. Um, maybe when I start seeing people actually have them in hand, maybe I'll I'll change my tune. But but yeah, for now I th- I think I'm passing on the DX Army. How about you, Jordan? What are you uh are you are you looking at the uh, series eleven and twelve? And if so, what ones are you picking? Are you going with the whole thing or are you taking yeah, so, what you want? Uh, I'm going full sets on both these. So awesome. um, since they started re-releasing Legends, I've got every Legends figure, including Chases. So yeah, I'm definitely going going the whole set so i'm excited about the bam bam figure. that's the best one i, I mean, love I mean, that fig i mean he I mean, I was, I mean, he's one of my uh, one of my favorites not a, not in my top 10 but definitely like one of those guys i'd like and can easily slip in there if if anything bam bam was a uh definitely one of a kind guy and you definitely want him in your uh, collection if you don't have him already if you miss out before um let's move on to our favorite one of our favorite lines the heels and faces line from uh zombie sailor um, oh, yes, we uh, we talked about this uh, before. Uh, Double J uh, is uh, entering entering the uh, the field, the Hills and Faces field, signing that contract on the dotted line. He's coming. Uh, they actually had a hand sculpted uh, photos. Did you guys get to see these? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it looks, I'm, it looks I'm awesome, so man. Yeah, and it looks yeah, like yeah. Uh, that he's going to be uh, pre-orders, or he's going to be an individual uh, released figure, and it looks like pre-orders are going live during San Diego Comic-Con. Zombie Series said yeah. details will uh, be released soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I just yeah, love I'm that they're making him true to the, the plants for the orange card figure, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, they they uh, did, yeah they showed the uh, the sketches for it, and it's the same color scheme and everything. It's, it's going to be pretty epic, I think, I mean... I mean, if you're if you definitely if you're a Hasbro Hasbro fan and you're collecting all these, and uh, this is this is right up your alley, definitely. I mean, this is this is a definite pre-order, right? Are you guys? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. For dude. I'm all in on this line, man. I plan on supporting this line as long as it's going. If there's, um, and not to just be a hardcore shill for for uh, zombie, but like I said, there's enough good stuff um, coming with this that even if there's a few guys that I'm not super hyped for, I'm still gonna get them just because I want this line to keep going. Um, cause I'm all about just adding, uh, you know, more cool figures to the collection. And, and unless something goes crazy between the prototypes and the final product, it looks like this line is going to be on point a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Def- yeah. He's definitely, uh, he's definitely, uh, picking and choosing who he wants in these, uh, 
in the in these in these series, and he's actually doing a very good job with these as well. Because speaking of which, uh, he had two signings uh, the week we were we were gone. Uh, Hercules, Hercules Hernandez, and the manager, oh, yeah. the man, the slick, the legend, yes. is uh we're gonna have the is full, a part of the heels uh, and faces line. Yeah, we're gonna have the full power and glory now. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, the slick did a uh, video. Um, promoting it as well. Did you guys get to see that? Yeah, Slick's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Slick, Roma, and Hercules Hernandez in uh, in Hasbro form. It's going to be incredible. Slick's one of yeah, is they, creeping up my list of most wanted Mattel figures. Also, yeah, we. I, th- I was actually going to say that we talk about Slick a lot on this show. <laughs> Every time we talk about figures, Slick always yeah, pops up kind of, at uh, some point. Yeah, he's in the the trio of. 80s managers that we need a Lisa with Slick, Mr. Fuji, and Captain Lou Albano. Like, I don't know what we're waiting on there, especially Captain Lou. I think he might be my most wanted Mattel at this point. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he yeah. might be that. I mean, we're gonna, I'm gonna move on to the uh, the, to the next section. We don't actually don't have it in here, but uh, the Mattel WWE Elite Squad SDCC yep. 2021 panel uh, will happen July 23rd at 11 a.m. GMT. Uh, uh, Pacific time, U.S. and Canada, but they obviously announced the uh, Sergeant Slaughter will be exclusive to the Mattel creation site. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be oh, a variant as well. The black card variant. I'm, 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 obviously, you guys see the the photos um, of it. This is probably. I mean, last year was awesome, Mister T, with the uh, you know the old school VHS tape box and everything, but this one. They uh they went above and beyond on this one here. It's pretty insane. And it, uh, just a note because I did put this out on Twitter. The black card of that is a is a random. So when you order it, uh, pre order it, you it you you're not you're not sure what you're gonna get. You're either gonna get the blue card or the black card. There's no separate pre order for the black card. It's you order it and then you know you get you get shipped at random. So good luck to anyone that gets that black card because that actually looks pretty cool as well so both of you guys i'll start with i'll start with uh jordan thoughts thoughts on this uh this reveal from sergeant slaughter that this is phenomenal i absolutely love the ultimate editions i have every one of them so far this is phenomenal i'm i'm definitely gonna try to get a couple just to try to get one of the black card and one of the blue card um and i i don't open my ultimate edition so I, if I don't, if I just get two blue cards, I might just open one just so I can have an open one because that figure is phenomenal. Like the, this is, like you said, this is by far the best SDCC reveal they've had for a figure. This is phenomenal. I, I was so excited when I saw this. Seth, I'm think? hoping we get some more. Uh, I'm hoping we get a few more LJN inspired releases. You know, they could honestly make this a yearly thing for San Diego Comic Con. Um, I'd still love to see the uh ljn ultimate warrior remade in elite form you know the orange trunks with the black boots i think that would be cool um and then we just mentioned a few uh managers that would make for great elites that were in the ljn line so yeah i i love it i'm all about it this i I wasn't really like the sergeant slaughter figure i want right now is heel slaughter from his world title reign in 1991 the iraqi sympathizer so this wasn't even the slaughter figure that i wanted right now but i was still uh, super stoked to to see this thing get revealed, and I'm looking forward to adding it to my collection. So yeah, I, I'm all about it. Well, so yeah, so the agenda 
for the uh for for the uh for the twenty third actually has another Mattel creation to reveal coming. Um so it's a it's a WWE item reveal, so we don't we don't know. It could be Give us that elite scale cycle. stage, man. We want it. Yeah, so so they have so that the twenty third you have the uh, Mattel creations uh reveal another one. Um a ringside collectibles reveal. Um and then a tar- Target series, uh, Legend series twelve. They're gonna talk about that as well. But yeah, so there's gonna be two unknown figures popping up on the twenty third, a Ringside exclusive and a Mattel Creations exclusive. So you, you never know. You might get that. Uh, you might get that Warrior that you're uh, <laughs> that you because that'd be that'd be actually pretty awesome. A Mattel version. I actually have that LJN with the uh, orange trunks, and that'd be pretty sick in uh in an ultimate form. Yeah, well, I'm so. worried that I'm letting my my imagination get the best of me on this Mattel Creations thing, because um, uh, you know you want to compare it to Hasbro Pulse, where they're releasing stuff that's like super like desired by collectors and it just doesn't yeah. quite work for like mass retail. But I've been browsing the rest of Mattel Creations stuff, and it seems to be a lot of like kind of like artistic inspired stuff. I'm afraid we're gonna get something like. Um, you know, like a Rob Schamberger style painted figure oh. or maybe like a, uh, you know oh. what I mean? Like I can see them like, like it's a, like it's an elite figure, but it's got like Rob Schamberger paint job on it or the other thing, but it would be cool. I would probably still add this to my collection, but I'm really, I, I almost don't even want to speak this into existence. Cause I feel like if I say it, it's going to happen a clear John Cena elite. You know what I mean? Cause you know, oh you can't God. see it. similar to that pop we got a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, tell me that doesn't seem not? like something they would drop, man. Huh. Or just an empty box and just put John Cena on it. That'd be pretty oh. cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we already yeah. know what the ringside is going to be. The ringside release is definitely going to be Cody Rhodes in a suit. So get excited, Seth. Oh my God. <sighs> I mean, if it's a Cody Rhodes, it has, it has to be the, uh, it has to be from the 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 gear that he had that like a, the Assassin's Creed yeah. inspired oh, yeah. gear. It has to be that where he had that match, the uh, UK versus US match that he had. So if they got to do a ringside, hopefully it's that. But I mean, uh, yeah, it, we it, can Cody. we can all hope. I mean, I mean, Seth's probably not hoping about that, but I'm hoping. <laughs> no, I've I got but, enough uh, Cody so for a lifetime. And Elite, and just for the record, <laughs> Elite Thirty Six Stardust is still the best one. Uh, let's move into weekly purchases. Right. I'll start. Um, I purchased some stuff, but honestly, I'm not even sure what all has arrived or not. So I'm going to save all the packages that are in Virginia for me for next week's weekly purchases. Um, so I didn't actually have any purchases, but I had some like weekly additions to the collection. I raided my attic once again at my parents' house. And in preparation for starting my Jack's BCA collection, which is going to be next. I'm pretty much closed out the Hasbros. I'm starting up Jeez. on WCW Galoob. And after that, I'm moving to Jack's BCAs. Um, I sniped about 20 figures that were still collection worthy. Again, if you guys have listened to the show for any amount of time, you know that me and my brother were very, very hard on our figures. Like we had some serious death matches, um, just all kinds of crazy stuff. Like we, we played hard with our figures. Um, they were well loved and well used. Um, the downside on that is a lot of them aren't collection worthy um, at this point. But some of the later Jack's BCAs that I think they were some of the figures I got once I was older, you know, like 
eighth grade time frame when the fig fed was starting to die out a little bit. It was like, you know, late era WCW that we didn't have as many viewers and not as many people were tuning in. So I wasn't really having the hardcore <laughs> matches anymore. A lot of those are still in really good shape. So I'll, uh, I'll get some pictures and get a post up in the Facebook group so you guys can see what all I have. But, but that was it for me, just some attic finds. And, uh, it was not, nothing too crazy. Um, but I did find the executioner, which I think may be the rarest Jack's bone crunching action figure. So I found that and, pretty much perfect condition i just couldn't find his little like grim reaper tool so uh i gotta track that down somewhere but that was it for me um marco what all did you add to the collection this week yeah nothing too crazy um last week um actually maybe this maybe saturday maybe uh, i don't even remember it's kind of like molding the weeks but uh finally got the last piece of the fan takeover series two which is uh x-pac the nwo x-pac actually arrived so yeah, that happened. Uh, that showed up. So I have all all the figures from the uh, from that from that line, and it's. Uh, I mean, my X Pac uh, collection is is shaping up. I have all the elites of X Pac. Um, I mean, the only thing I I mean that you that you kind of like want me to get is the the green card, but that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> the green card X Pac that's a little bit out of my price range. So uh, I'll I'll settle for the elites right now, and uh, we'll keep we'll keep it at that. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It's, yeah, it was, it was it, obviously last week was a like kind of like a holiday week, so it wasn't much like going on essentially um, when it came to like shipping and stuff like that. So I'll have more hopefully uh, next week. All right, Jordan, how about you? What did you get in your collection? So I had a heavy Funko week. Um, of course, you did. I added, yeah, <laughs> I added uh, the last four. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier Funkos to my collection this week. Um, oh, I did get uh, the Stone Cold and Ric Flair Ultimate Editions this week. Awesome. Finally. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, you unboxed those a while back because we unboxed those when you were at our house for uh, uh, for All Out Weekend. Yeah. I know, Double or Nothing yeah, Weekend, so it, my bad. Yeah, Old yeah it, was, it was nice finally getting those in hand. Um the rest was just Funkos. I, I don't remember which ones, but that was the only two figs I got this week. Did you make your uh, your middle finger modification like I uh, so expertly showed you how to do while you were at our house? I don't open the box, Seth. Oh, I don't know why you're not. God, I don't I know why you're not getting this, <laughs> Marco. You should have reminded me whenever we realized that Sheena wasn't going to be able to do the whole show. That Jordan was an MOC collector. I can. Yeah, if anybody's uh, Harry Potter fans, the way that. Uh, the way that Voldemort felt about the the half bloods and, and and the mud bloods that that's how I feel about uh uh about MOC collectors, man. Like Jordan, we got to convert oh you, God. dude. Marco used to be MOC also. We just peer pressured the hell out of him to to turn him into a loose collector. And Marco, hasn't it been so much yeah. more enjoyable? It's so it's so much better when you actually get to you know get the figure like in your hand and actually get to see the detail and. The accessories that come with them—it's a—it's a whole different experience. I mean, it's—I mean, it's great looking at it in a box and stuff, but you—they get—you got to get them out. You gotta—you gotta let them, you gotta let them go and run free. You never even get to see the you back of your figures, dude. You don't even get to see what they're working you with. You see the there, back man. of them. There's more space too when you're putting them, when you're placing them everywhere. Like you get actually put more out as opposed to like boxes that take up a lot of space. Hey, fellas, I, I got some news for you, okay? <laughs> 
Um, I don't know the last time you guys looked at eBay or anything, but um, have you guys seen what uh, all of our 90s figures in boxes sell for now? I mean, I don't You're know right. if you guys uh, like money, but I love money. Like, uh, <laughs> when, it, when I turn 50 years old, my daughter's probably not going to want my fun- or my figure collection or my Funko. <laughs> so when it comes down to it and you guys are like, hey, how's your figure collecting going? And I'm like, well, I'm a millionaire now. And you guys are like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough man. i'll remember enough. this conversation and in your defense I mean, um, the other day i was uh as i was going through my because it was a huge tub of action figures i found in my attic and i'm seeing all kinds of turtles like some super obscure turtles figures i actually had police academy action figures um a lot of the marvel comics toy biz figures i would literally as my mom was sitting there watching me going through them I was like, I wish I could go back in time and tell, you know, eight-year-old me, just don't Dang. open any of this shit, dude. Like, if all that stuff was MOC, like, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't even be doing a podcast right now, though. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise. I'd be off in Cabo San Lucas somewhere <laughs> sipping on a margarita. Um, but, you know, that's just part of the collector's game, you know. yeah. Some people do it for an investment. Some people do it for the love of the game. And in Jordan's defense, I know he was kind of healing off on the loose collectors, but he definitely has the, the hardcore love of the game as well. So don't let don't let him fool you. He's not in it just for the money. This motherfucker loves his action figures. Am I right? Oh, I probably have 500 loose figures. Like, l- let's not get it twisted, fellas. I have an entire loose set of retros the majority of the Hasbros. And then when I, when I mean Seth first started hanging out, I, all my figures were loose. So I still have a ton of loose figures. So let, let's not get it twisted. I got a ton of Lucy's too. All right. So speaking of Lucy's uh, perfect tease, we got a wild figure for random merch of the week. Uh, let's get to it oh, right now. Hey everyone. It's Nick better known as extra cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. Random Merch of the Week is where we scour the deep recesses of the internet to track down hard-to-find and never-before-seen wrestling merchandise and share it with you, the Foley fam. You can find links to purchase our rare finds in the show notes of every episode. This segment is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Tees. Visit the official Chick Foley Show store by searching Chick Foley at ProWrestlingTees.com or hitting the link in our show notes. All right, so we have... uh... Before going any further, if you're listening with kids in the car or whatever, you may want to fast forward it about uh, about 10 minutes on the show and then pick up at the uh, the listener mail section because it's going to get a little bit spicy here for a minute. Uh, Jordan, I know you were a late addition. We, me, Sheena, and Marco discussed this item earlier today. I messaged you on Facebook, Messer. Did you get that link? I got it. Have you have you had a chance to scroll through and really look at the pictures of this figure? Yeah, I, I had a chance, and it is uh, it's really something here, fellas. <laughs> All right. So again, as always, uh, the link to this item will be in our show notes. Um, 
along with all the rest of our partners. So any of the uh, the awesome sponsors you've heard so far, we'll have links to uh, their product in our show notes. So feel free to support them um, without going any further. So this is the resin prototype of the LJN Elizabeth. Um, you're going to scroll through. You're going to see the pictures. Um, luckily, there were some modifications made to this figure before it was released as part of the LJN's Wrestling Superstars line. Um Marco, I'm going to toss it to you, man. Tell us some of the differences between this (laughs) prototype and what we actually saw get released in the line. I mean, (laughs) mean, it's kind of hard to... uh... (laughs) The figure is very anatomically correct, man. Well, we'll Um, say that, you know, we'll we'll say that, you know, um, there there were things added to the figure that... uh, you know that that made it look presentable to the uh, to the masses. Yeah. We'll so um, you know, clothing. We really kind of need <laughs> Sheena here. Um, so the actual before we go into this one, the actual LJ and Elizabeth that came out was kind of Barbie doll style. Like the body was pretty much smoothed over, um, and then she had a uh, she. Had, I think she was painted right, and then she had a cloth skirt. Is that how the actual LJ and Elizabeth was released? Yeah. Yeah, yep, um, so this is the resin prototype of just the figure, so it's missing <laughs> the actual skirt. So that's for starters. Everything. And whoever made this prototype, I, I got to think that, the only thing I can think is maybe originally this thing was going to be, um, it was going to be like a full-length cloth dress because uh, they made Liz anatomically correct, if you will. Um, starting off at yeah. the top, there are molded nipples, which, you know, I guess that's passable. <laughs> I mean, free the nipple, right? That's like a movement on uh, online. You know, uh, you know, guys have nipples. It's acceptable for them to show it. Um, you know, life-sustaining milk comes from, comes from those things. So I think we could yeah. probably accept that. But then uh, <laughs> if you go down a little bit lower, there's another feature on this figure that I've – I'm not sure I've ever seen it on any toy, much less any wrestling figure. Um, again, hit your show notes, take a look and scroll through. I'll try not, you know, I don't want to get too vulgar, but let's just say uh, she was not going to be the third member of the Bushwhackers with uh, what she's got going on uh, <laughs> yeah. down yeah, here, exactly. uh, yeah. you know, in her, uh, uh, her nether regions. Um, it's crazy. This, this <laughs> thing is wild. I wonder, I just wonder, like, I, w- I wish I could have been a fly on the wall back in you know 1986 1987 when whoever the sculptor was like shows up to the production meeting and he's like hey i knocked out that you know miss elizabeth prototype you guys were looking for here you go and just seeing the draws hit the floor um as they send this guy back to the drawing board so check out the notes yeah so go ahead marco yeah so the only thing i think of is when they when they since this is the prototype the only thing i can think of is uh, they're trying to make it kind of like a Barbie doll almost. Right. So like, like you said, have like the, have the, you know, a full cloth um, skirt as opposed, as opposed or a dress as opposed to just a cloth skirt. That's like kind of like tear away. Um, so like it's going to be fully clothed. That's the only thing I can think of uh, or a reason why you would make this version of Miss Elizabeth. That's what I'm um, thinking. I'm thinking it was going to be fully clothed, and it was just some jokester back at LJN in the '80s who was like, "You know what? Let me add in a few little details here." And 
I'm thinking this thing was made so? as a joke. I, don't, I mean, I don't. I mean, if you know this is a toy that's going to be going for kids, why would you give it a freaking bush? <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, it's the '80s. We'll, we'll, we'll say we'll say that. Let's let's preface yeah, this, preface that that it's a different time than it is now <laughs> nowadays. But um, uh, I like I said, I think it's I think they were going for like the Barbie doll type of thing because if you've seen a Barbie doll, it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, without the clothes, seen, so it looks no, similar Barbie to that. Barbie dolls are—they're they have nothing going on down there though. It's just smooth plastic. Ooh, yeah, that, yeah, it's smooth. Yeah, this smooth is plastic. like detailed. This, yeah, dude. This, this looks like straight up like you know Ron Jeremy nineteen you know late seventies porn <laughs> flip style. Dude. It's almost I mean, like it's the textured. Of, it's freaking got realistic uh, texture, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, maybe that's why they kind of like like mix that idea of you know having that type of uh, figure because it is a, a rubber. You know, material and stuff like that. It is kind of, it's almost like skin, if you, if 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 you will. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's. You know what? Something else very, I gotta ask, dude. Why? Because I'm like looking this. at the prototype. Why didn't they paint it? They painted the hair on her head. Why is it just textured down there? And they painted shoes too. Look like they yeah, painted like maybe they were like, okay, you know what? That. That's a step too far. Like we'll leave that out, but. Yeah. Either way, this thing's I, wild. I, I, you can add it to your collection for the low, low price of forty thousand dollars. So maybe if you you don't want to take a uh, yeah a reverse mortgage out on your house, you can afford to grab this thing. It is definitely a one of a kind. So um, it's, yeah, yeah it, it belongs it belongs either. in somebody's figure collection. But yeah, this it's, it's being sold by Drew Nick J. Um, uh, yeah, so we'll post the link up. Take a look, cause this this is it's a crazy item, man. Um, and if you got the coin, I think you definitely have bragging rights over just about any other uh, wrestling figure collector in the game. Are you guys ready for some yeah. listener mail? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, bear with me. Normally, Sheena. Uh, kind of quarterbacks this segment, but we will work through it as good as we can. So let's start off with John Swallow. He says, pick one male and one female currently outside of WWE to be Money in the Bank winner. Who would they be? Um, Jordan, we'll start with you. You, We know you love women's wrestling more than just about anybody. Pick a woman that's not in WWE right now to come in and win the Money in the Bank. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, woman that's not in WWE currently. I I think I would go with Britt Baker, honestly. Okay. See her come in and uh, be uh, Britt Two Belts. Yeah, I I love me some Britt Baker, and I, I would love seeing her in WWE, and seeing her with the Money in the Bank would be awesome. All right, Marco, I'll toss it over to you for the dudes. Uh, who would you like to see come yeah. in outside of WWE to win Money in the Bank? Outside of WWE, um, I have this. Uh, it's always weird. I have this thing with like Money in the Bank that it has to be like like a character that's going to do something with a briefcase, something creative. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a, a Sammy Callahan. How about that? Wow, Ooh. Sammy Callahan coming in and winning the Money in the Bank. Uh, imagine that. Imagine that run. He has that briefcase and all the things he would do uh, like with that briefcase and the teasing and the 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 threatening of uh, cashing it in and stuff like that. That'd be pretty cool. I'm gonna go Kenny Omega. 
you know, he's already the belt collector. Imagine this dude, in addition to having all the belts, is walking around carrying a briefcase where he can cash in on Roman or Bobby Lashley yeah. anytime he wants. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, let's move on to Rob Regina. He says, hey, guys, if you could go back in time and change the outcome of one Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble match winner, easy for me to say, which Rumble and who would it be? Um, Marco, I'll give this one to you first. Oh, that's rough. Um, probably the last one we watched. I want Sid. I want Sid winning the uh, Royal Rumble. Uh, <laughs> you want to write the wrongs from the uh, 92 Rumble we just watched a few weeks ago? Yeah, man. He was, uh, he was on his way, and uh, Hale Hogan that had to uh, interfere in that screaming. match. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's go with that. I mean, I was a I was a Sid Mark back in the day. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Sid where I rumble 92. All right, Jordan. Uh, I'll do Royal Rumble 1990. And instead of Hogan winning, I will go with Mr. Perfect winning the Royal Rumble. Nice. That was uh, they were the final two, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know why. The there was no reason for Hogan to win. Yeah, you could add perfect win with Hogan getting screwed over by Bobby Heenan or somebody else in the Heenan family some way. Um, Rob actually gave There's an answer. He said he would uh, do it in 1993 and have Macho Man Randy Savage win instead of Yokozuna and do Macho Man versus Brett at WrestleMania. That would have been pretty incredible. Ooh. Um, I'm going to stick huh. with the same rumble, but go with a different person. So... Uh, this one's kind of coming out of left field, but it's something I've, I've kind of had in the back of my mind for for a while. I think that Scott Steiner's solo push came about five years too late. You know, it was really kind of late 97, early 98 before he started to go solo and start getting his push away from his brother. At that point, he was really kind of just fully the freakzilla, roided out of his mind. Wasn't anything close to what he was in the ring. If you saw Scott Steiner in the early uh, 90s, the dude was incredible. Like, he could do the Frankensteiner, which was basically another word for the Hurricane Rana. He really made that move popular in America. And he had some crazy power moves also. He had this Steiner screwdriver, which was like a combination suplex power driver. Um, Go back and just, like, YouTube that. It looks incredible. And obviously, he had the charisma because we heard those promos he was cutting, his big pop of pump. They were off the chain. I think have him kind of just come out of nowhere and win the 93 Rumble and start his uh, start his solo push right there. Imagine Brett versus 1993 Scott Steiner at WrestleMania. And I don't know if you have Scott go over. It could have been just a really awesome challenger for Brett to beat. But, uh, yeah, I, I would have loved to see Scott Steiner get his solo push back when he was still at his peak in ring. Um, I think that huh. would have been pretty cool. What, am I batshit crazy for thinking that? Or you guys think uh, Scott Steiner could have done something if he would have had his uh, solo push start a little bit earlier? That's interesting. I think it's an interesting take. No, I don't hate that at all. He was a, he was a, he was definitely. I think we talked about this on the, uh, the tag team thing. They weren't even like. I think they were like way, they were way up high. They weren't even even near the top ten of that. And he was definitely the star out of the two. Um, he was super athletic for being a giant, giant ass dude. Even in the tag team, I mean, he just seemed to get bigger after when he went solo. But uh, no, definitely no. That's actually pretty. Pretty awesome scenario. I, would, I, I wouldn't hate that at all. All right, let's move on to Charlie Messing's question. He says, don't be shy. In your figure fed days, how did you play? Did you do pay-per-view events with the call of the action, banners, entranceways? Did you do shows like Raw or Superstars? Um, I'll start first. So my figure fed was off the chain. dude. I actually had a binder where I kept up with all the title histories and 
and big pay-per-views. Um, I made an entranceway out of the stands that came with the Jacks BCAs because that was really when my figure fed was at its peak. I, I had an awesome uh, fig fed one with the Hasbros, but it kind of just lined up with like my age and everything um, when the BCA started hitting that I was really able to take it next level. My dad had one of those old school 25 CD changer uh, CD players uh, hooked up to a stereo system in our living room. Do you guys remember those when those were a thing? Yeah. Yeah, so I would load up. I had like WWF Full Metal CD, obviously. But then for the guys who didn't have entrance music, I had uh, a bunch of other stuff, like just actually real-world music I'd use for their intros. Like um, different guys had like, you know, it was all my dad's music. So it's like dad rock was all of my guys' entrances. I had a lot of like, you know, a lot of guys had <laughs> Steve Miller Band's music. Um, I think for Owen Hart, I used like Fly Like an Eagle by Steve Miller Band for some reason as his intro. But yeah, so I had <laughs> Boy, that, that didn't pan out well. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Taking a dark <laughs> turn. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I had, so everybody had interest music. Um, I, I had a custom Goldberg that I made by taking a Steve Austin head and putting it on a black trunk Psycho Sid figure. Um, and for him, I actually went out and got sparklers. So I had a full Goldberg entrance with sparklers and everything. Obviously I had to get on the back porch for, uh, for that one. But yeah, I, I went all out. Like if, uh, obviously I, I could own it now, but I kept this thing going, as I mentioned earlier, really until the latter parts of my eighth grade year. And for like that last year and a half, like I would have been absolutely mortified if, uh, if, all but maybe like my absolute best friends knew that I was still doing this. Like anytime I I had a couple, I had two really good friends that were like also in on it and stuff. And so like I didn't care. But if any of my like more casual level friends came over, all my shit got thrown in the closet. Closet door got shut, and that closet door was not to be opened under any um, <laughs> under any circumstances. Because I just I wouldn't even know where to begin. Because at this point I was already into girls. I had like girlfriends and stuff, and like um, not that I was ever like you know the next Joe Montana or anything, but I was like the starting quarterback on our middle school football team. So like I was, I was a popular kid. Like I was, you know, I was like a traditionally cool kid. Um, and I just had this extremely like, at you know, looking back now, I'm like, it was really cool that I did this and was using my imagination. But at the time I was just mortified because I felt like it was like the dorkiest thing ever that I was doing. And, uh, you know, I guess I was kind of felt shame looking, it's kind of sad now, I guess that I was really hiding this thing that I freaking loved. But, uh, but yeah, that was my fig fit. It was pretty elaborate. And I also went to elaborate links to kind of hide it from uh, from my friends and stuff once I got a little bit older and was still playing with them. Uh, how about you guys? Okay, I guess first? I just stunned Jordan. you into silence. Uh, Jordan, you want to go first? Do <laughs> <laughs> you have anything close enough for your big fit? <laughs> I mean, nothing close to that. Uh, yeah. I, I literally would make like a stage out of our TV stand and then like pause the TV in the background on like a Superstars logo or something like that. But I had like stairs that went down from like our TV stand to the ring. Um, nice. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't like keep track of anything like you did, you weirdo. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'm I mean, I definitely had some man. Like if I was doing like I think like Mayhem was one of my shows. Like I would know what city it was in. You know, it'd be like Mayhem out of like San Juan, Puerto Rico, or something. Man, like that's the detail I was going into. So like I, I guess I didn't do as much like that with my um, figs as I did with my wrestling buddies. Like, dude, the wrestling buddies got the full. 
we we would uh, put a mattress on the floor and jump from the top of the couch and stuff onto the wrestling buddies. <laughs> but um, oh, yeah. I didn't get it as elaborate as you, Seth. I mean, that that sounds pretty elaborate, and I'm not surprised at all because I know you. <laughs> Marco, how about you? What was your uh, fig fed like? Yeah, nothing, uh, nothing too elaborate like that. Mainly, uh, mainly just like week to week shows and maybe like a like a special like a like a Saturday night's main event type of thing. No, no pay per views or anything like that. Um, just kind of like how like AEW does it now. Like they'll do like a theme type of shows, that nice. type of stuff. But yeah, nothing too, nothing too intricate. Um, definitely didn't keep any records. Uh, <laughs> hardly remembered who. Who had the title at one point, but just just appoint someone to, as a champion if I didn't remember. Um, but yeah, no, it's yeah, nothing nothing uh, too too deep. Like you were, you kind of yeah. I knew I was insane. I wouldn't say overboard. The, the like WCWF was the name of my fig fed. It was World Championship Wrestling <laughs> Federation. So I just kind of did a straight up hybrid between the two companies there. <laughs> uh, let's move on to our next question. So Kevin Harrison okay. of the mild mannered Canadian Collectors. Uh, podcast. He says, with the inception of the WWE Hollywood line of figures, um, what's one of the top ones you want to see made? So uh, I'll go first. Sheena kind of spilled the beans on the ones that me and her are both hoping for. We want to see Suburban Commando Hulk Hogan, you know, Shep Ramsey. I think that would be such a cool, um, cool thing to have in toy form. He's so toyetic. Um, and obviously Hogan figures are always going to sell well. So that's my pick. Uh, Marco, how about you? What what wrestler in Hollywood do you want to see made into a figure? Dang. Um, let's see. Uh, you definitely go no holds barred too with Hogan as well. Or Zeus. Um, do like an elite elite version of or a two pack maybe of uh, Zeus and, and Hulk Hogan. Um, you could do that. You could. Uh, the only the only thing that's I'm not sure how that like deal's gonna work because I know that's like that first line is with Universal um, Studio. So like those those figures that are there are, you know, it's like in partnerships. So I'm not sure if they could just willy nilly make any type of, you know, wrestler into a, like Holly, their Hollywood persona or anything like that. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely that one. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, maybe the, maybe the it, wrestler, maybe Randy, the Ram, maybe they yeah, can do that. They can actually cool. make a, uh, it gets to be slim a figure form of uh, Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Um, you can yeah, do Jimmy that, King from uh, J- Jimmy King you from Ready Jimmy to King. Rumble. Um, yeah, Hulk Hogan do, and his uh, Thunder Lips could be cool. Sl- yep, you could do Body Slam as well. The movie Body Slam, if you've if you seen that with uh, Roddy Piper, um, you could do that one. Uh, what about yes. uh, what about Andre the Giant from The Princess Bride? Oh, so that's a good. So they, yeah, that would be cool. Well, they're actually so I'm not sure if I'm uh, so McFarlane Toys is actually doing a. Princess Bride line. They actually revealed that oh, nice. uh, today. Hey, yeah, you know what so else can be a cool figure? Would be uh, the giant, you know, aka the Big Show from Jingle All the Way in his big Santa suit and everything. Yeah. Santa like coveralls. Oh, yeah. That could be a good one. But yeah, or so- him as a, uh, or him as a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, well, Captain Insano from uh, the. Wall. Oh my <laughs> gosh! That would yeah, be they awesome. could do that. But obviously, he's not WWE anymore, so they can't do you that. Can, or maybe could- they can't. You could do Hogan as Mr. Nanny, too. (laughs) You could do that. You could do Brock as the Tooth Fairy. All all the guys that were in the longest yard. You could do that. uh, What was the guy's name in Billy Madison, the Inglorious Blob? If you want to branch it out to uh, just wrestling characters. The Revolting Blob. (laughs) The Revolting revolting Blob. blob. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that would be cool, too, man. 
That'd be pretty um, awesome. All right, let's move on. Two more questions. All right. So Zach Hertzler wants to know favorite money in the bank winner and worst money in the bank winner. So Marco, I'll kick it to you for favorite. Give me your all time favorite money in the bank winner. Oh, oh man, that's always a it's always a toss up between Dolph Ziggler and uh, and Seth Rollins, obviously, because of the because both up, of their cash are my pretty awesome. favorites. Yeah, because um, I was actually uh, I was there the night that Monday Night Raw because um, we went to the Mania before that, and they were chanting his because he I don't think he was at that Mania, and I remember the crowd just like saying we want Ziggler, pretty much the whole show. If you actually go back and watch it. Oh, yeah, that's a huge happen. pop, man. We want Ziggler the was. next night. I, I can't remember who it was, man. It was somebody on the Steve Austin show, though, they said they were actually leaving, and they heard the pop from outside the building when uh, Dolph Ziggler cashed in. Oh, yeah, it was insane. It was ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, definitely, man, that's a, that's a hard. I mean, I'm going to go with Ziggler just because of that, because of the, you know, because of the night before them chanting his name, and then the next night him just cashing it in and the crowd going like absolutely insane uh, for all right that. no so shame in that. that and jordan give us the worst money in the bank winner of all time <laughs> oh man oh man uh, so otis is obviously the easy pick here <laughs> um but i'm not yeah. gonna go otis I, i'm actually gonna go just because of how much of a letdown it was when he cashed in i'm gonna go damian sandow Oh yeah. yeah! I always liked that. Yeah, that was that, that leather was one or of the wooden biggest... briefcase that he had? I always liked that. Yep. But yeah, he was uh, he was a weak money the bank winner, anyways. I mean, how who could ever expect him to be a world champ? You know, he was over. All right, I think I, I same as Cody with Stardust. I feel like his most overtime was when he was Mizdow. Yeah. All right. Last yeah. question is going to be from. Jordan, who's actually on the show, he wasn't planning on being on the show when he sent this question in, but he's got a good. Oh, we're gonna no. make him, we're gonna make oh, him Jordan, answer it first. Ask? All right, so yeah, you were gonna you thought you were gonna put us on the spot with this awkward ass question, but uh, now you're gonna get a taste of your own medicine. Jordan says, "You're the only one that's gonna answer it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that, Marco. Yeah, Jordan, you're the one that's gonna answer it, man, because you clearly got something yeah, in mind with this it. detailed ass question. <laughs> if you were going to get a wrestling tattoo, what would you pick? Also, <laughs> it has to be a tramp step or face tat, so choose wisely. So, Jordan, tell us what you're getting yeah. and tell us where it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> so, <laughs> God damn, this sucks that I'm on the show now because I was really ready to hear these answers. Um, all right, so if if I had to absolutely get a wrestling tattoo, as a fa- I would do a face tat first of all because – Tramp stamp's just not going to look good on me. The face tat, I might be able to pull off. Uh, I'll go with a Brock Lesnar sword under, like, my right eye. Oh, my God, dude. Wow. <laughs> and how, how, who the hell is going to buy insurance from you, dude, if you, uh, if you got a sword under your eye? You know, not to break Kate here, but Jordan is uh, a hell of an insurance salesman, so hit him up if you have any insurance needs. Um but uh, but yeah, he's rocking a freaking sword under his under his eye. I don't know if that's the guy I want to be uh, trusting. You know, my security of my most valuable assets and <laughs> my life. Um, so yeah, I don't know how that one's gonna work out. Uh, on that note, let's wrap up episode one thirty six. Jordan, I want to say thanks again for helping us out tonight. Um, in a pinch, uh, yeah. Again, me and Sheena, we got a shitload of stuff that we got to do. 
to get ready to head back to Virginia with the Littles. We got both our kids and both our dogs here with us. So it's definitely a uh, a happening in the words of Gorilla Monsoon, getting everybody headed back on the road to the East Coast. And Sheena is buttoning down all the hatches for that. So Jordan, thanks again, man. You know you're always welcome here. Um, and it was a blast having you on. Um, you can find Sheena on Instagram at Chick Foley. Uh, Marco, where can they find you on Twitter? Chick Foley Show. Traversing right. the, uh, the wastelands of Twitter. And remember, there's going to be a ton of awesome figure reveals over the next week and a half or so. Uh, a lot of new pre-orders should be going up at Ringside Collectibles. Make sure you're using code Chick Foley to save 10% on all those. And Marco, as the reigning, defending, undisputed Chick Foley Show prediction champ, you get the final words of episode 136. Let's hear it. Um... Just stay safe out there, people. That's all. That's all I get.